It's time to start the podcast. It's time to hit the mics. It's time to start the podcast with Moon, P. Jug, and Hob. This is episode 29 of Moon, P. Jug, and Hobbs. We'd like you to share this podcast, like this podcast. We have been doing some research. We actually have enough listeners now that we could get advertisers. Up to this point, we've made nothing. We have achieved nothing. <laughs> Our goals were nothing. <laughs> but what we have had is a heck of a lot of fun. P-Jug, good morning. Good morning. P-Jug here. Hobbs, good morning. Good morning, sir. How are you? Randy Shaver, Carol Evan, good morning. Good morning, Moon. You know, Randy and I uh, got to sit next to each other, along with our wives, at the Minnesota Broadcasting Hall of Fame induction ceremony uh, just a couple of weeks ago. The only other time I'd met Randy was at a Twins event, and it was, you know, a decade ago or more. It could have been Twins Fest. I mean, we used to go to Twins Fest every single year, and we had a lot of fun, you know, looking through all the, you know, bobbleheads and all the signed gloves. And I remember I was up in a suite one time for Hubbard Broadcasting. And because we were the flagship station of the Twins, uh, you know, they paraded all the players through our suite. And Joe Maurer was one of them. Justin Morneau was there. Mike Redman was there. We became really, really good friends. Uh, Mike Redman was on our show every week. We used to have Michael Kadire on. So that, you know, it was fun being a part of the whole twins thing. And right before Joe Maurer got married, I said, Joe, I understand you're going to get married and then move to Florida. If you ever need marital advice, I'm your man. And he said, well, wait a minute. Have you been married three times? I said, that's why how I can help you. I have a lot of experience. <laughs> and that was that was a lot of fun. But so let's go back pre-TV with Randy Shaver, a local a kid in Iowa who eventually went to Iowa State, loved sports already then, and as I went through some of your history, I see that you were inducted into a Hall of Fame for sports in high school. That's right. I'm, uh, I was inducted into my high school's Hall of Fame. I was a part of the fourth class to be inducted. That was a couple of years. That was actually the January before COVID hit. So that would have been January of 2020. So I was a football player. I was an All-State football player, first team All-State at Cedar Rapids Jefferson, and then uh, ran track and uh, finished second in the 400 meters in the state meet, and then went to Iowa State and ran track for a couple of years at Iowa State. And uh, I was behind in credits because I was an athlete and um, had a few too many Friday, Saturday nights that uh, probably cost me uh, a grade point here and there, but um, got myself back on track and got myself out in four years and and in the business that I love and, and everything's been great since. So, Tell us about your journalism teacher, because you brought this up the night yep. of the induction into the Hall of Fame. And without this teacher, yep. we wouldn't be talking. That's, that is absolutely correct. My, my journalism teacher's name was Ron Smurra. And, uh, you know, it's just one of those things. I, I say this all the time when I go to speak to kids and, uh, uh, you know, career days and things like that. You know, you always have to be open to someone to come across your path in your life that will change the direction. It's not necessarily that you're looking for that, but somebody, somebody will. 
and, and there probably will be two or three people in your life that will change the direction and maybe subtle and it may be dramatic, but for him, it was subtle because he was just such a great teacher. He was so good. He was, every class was fun. And I really had no intention of being a journalist really when I was in high school. I just loved going to his class because it was so interesting. And the more I got involved, the more I started working for a class newspaper and school newspaper and things like that. I guess maybe, sit, you know how it is, Moon, you, you see your name in lights. I saw my name on a byline on the on the newspaper and I went, oh, that's kind of cool. People are reading what I wrote. Oh, that's interesting. And that just kind of got me started. And he was the one, <clears throat> excuse me, he was the one that told me to go to Iowa State. He was the one that kind of did a lot of the research for me as to where I should go to school. And it just worked out that um, the track team was interested in having me run there as well. So I, I owe him a lot of credit. He's still around. I've seen him in person. He was at my Hall of Fame induction in 2020. He stopped by. So I had another chance to thank him in person. Um, and I did that with my kids there and my wife because I wanted them to know how much I appreciated what he did for me. Yeah, he was he was a big influence in my life. I know for me, the person that most influenced my life was my probation officer, <laughs> Jim Thorpe. Uh, I had a friend, and this is politically incorrect as well, but my best friend's name was Fat Norm, okay? And Fat Norm and I, uh, we were always in trouble. And, uh, you know, that was back in the day when you could call people fat and it was okay. But that's what his own family called him. That's why I just joined in. I didn't start it. He did with his family. And we went to our probation officer. Uh, we both got caught for having beer in a car at age like, 15 or 16 years old. And we went to a meeting with him uh, because we had to do it weekly for three years. And, you know, at that point, everybody smoked cigarettes and you had these little matchbox uh, matches that you would carry with you in order to light your cigarettes. So we went into the probation officer's office. The probation officers got, gets a cigarette out and he says, do either of you have a light? And Fat Norm, my buddy, throws him a box of matches. Well, what he forgot was inside the box of matches were a bunch of amphetamines. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and the next thing you know, his probation was expound. You know, it got longer all of a sudden. <laughs> well, was Norm trying to lose weight? Is that why he had the amphetamine? Like, what was happening there? You know, people used to do that. They used to take what they called speed or whatever yeah. in order to try to lose weight. I mean, a lot of them were wrestlers. I was involved in sports in my high school, too, but I was just horrible at it. I ran track. I was terrible at the hurdles. My brother was like almost record setting. Everything my brother did including academics. He was straight A's, got a full ride scholarship. He played football, number 48, specialist in kickoff and punt returns, stuff like that. And then there was me in my eighth grade year in eighth grade football. One of my friends, or at least I thought was a friend, grabbed me by the face mask, threw me out of bounds. And at that point in time, they had not figured out yet that you need to put the light poles a little bit further away from the field. My head went into a light pole. It cracked my helmet like an egg. And that was the end of my football career. 
Well, Randy yeah. was saying someone's going to come along in your life and change it. That was that person's role to just get you out of football. Well, and they could have started with the the uh, uh, trauma to the brain movie with me, and, and they wouldn't have had to wait for NFL players all those years later. And I, and I could have been a movie star. There's been several times that I think yeah. I could I could have been a movie star in many things, but it just never worked out. And I guess I have a face for radio, and that's what kept me here. And then let's talk about your family a little bit because, you know, you've been married a long time. Yeah. Uh, you know, you got kids. Uh, tell us a little bit about yours. Maybe we can trade info because we'll tell you about ours as well. Sure. Well, my uh, my wife, Roseanne, uh, and I will be married 35 years this year. She is uh, she runs our charity, the Randy Shaver Cancer Research and Community Fund. We raise money for cancer research and patient aid projects in Minnesota. We've uh, raised over $9 million uh, in that effort. Um, so she is in charge of that, and she does just an amazing job. Um, my oldest son used to work with me at CARE. Um, he is now uh, works for Revo Health and does a lot of their uh, storytelling for uh, the doctors and uh, programs that uh, TCO and, and um, other organizations that they uh, work for. Um, and then my youngest son is uh, going to be a doctor. He uh, will graduate medical school in April um, and will be getting married shortly after that. His uh, future wife is a nurse, and so it's a perfect combo. And he's going to be a dermatologist. At least that's what he's on track to be, which is got the best of all worlds. Uh, I, I told him one time, I go, this is perfect. You'll have be able to have balance in your life. Um, you won't be on call. You're not going to lose somebody on the table. You'll see a lot of people and, and, uh, and you'll help a lot of people. And you'll still be able to come home for dinner at night and have your weekends off and, and make a good living. You can't ask for anything more than that. And, um, and my oldest is married too. And um, so we're patiently waiting for that first grandchild, hoping that that will come someday here soon. And so, yeah, life is good. You know, we've, uh, we're very lucky. Our family, our kids have done great and uh, are happy people. And so life is good. If a dermatologist loses somebody, that's a bad dermatologist. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, uh, let's go to Hobbs. Hobbs, tell us about your family. I have one child. I have uh, a son and uh, is going to be 23 on Friday. It, it's like a snap of a finger. It's like Thanos. And then also too, but then you're like, God, that was so long ago. Like, I can't even imagine who I was before I had a child. Like, can you even remember what you were like before children? It's like, seems like so long ago, but yeah. And I'm, I'm divorced, um, but we're, it's very amicable. We're still good friends, um, all that good stuff. So yeah, my family, it's pretty, pretty short list. P-Jug, your turn. Well, I have two daughters. My youngest will be turning 27 on Thursday and she's engaged. She'll be getting married in June of next year. Oh, I didn't know she was engaged. Yeah. So we're shopping for wedding dresses right now. Oh boy, fun. And my oldest is 30. She's married. She's been married a long time, actually, probably 10 years. I have two grandchildren, four and eight, two little girls. Uh, I have the same two kids that she has because I'm their stepdad. And then I've got the same grandchildren she has because I'm their stepgramp. And then <laughs> I have three of my own. I have uh, one that lives in Los Angeles who studied film. 
And uh, I have my son, uh, Trevor, who's living in Germany right now. And all he does is chase girls. <laughs> I tell him, get a work visa. Don't get a girl visa. <laughs> right? But he's because, so handsome. You can't, the girls, he doesn't even have to chase them. He's adorable. Yeah, he really is something. And then, uh, then I got my daughter, uh, Maggie, who also is living here in the Twin Cities. And she uh, works in the childcare business, loves it, has been doing it a long time. Pee-wee and I have our five-year anniversary coming up at the end of uh, November. I've been asking her, what do you want for an anniversary gift? She won't tell me anything. Uh, Everything I've ever attempted to buy her, she returns. And I feel like a failure. And uh, I just got her, for example, some perfume. My sister came to the Hall of Fame night, and uh, P-Jug said, wow, that's quite a a lovely fragrance. What is that? And uh, she said, I just love it. So mentally, I took a note, and I thought, I'm going to get her a big jug of that, right? (laughs) And then I score. So then I order this, and it doesn't come on Amazon for well over a month. And I'm thinking, what the heck's going on? I track the package. Eventually, it shows up. When she opened it up, she was puzzled. She goes, well, what is this? And I said, well, you loved my sister's fragrance, so I got you some. And she says, well, I don't use spray. I use the cream. Oh, no. And I'm like, going, here's another one. So how many purses have I sent back? How many fragrances? <laughs> and, I, I, and here's a story about her wedding ring. Okay, you'll get a kick out of this. So when we decide that we're going to get married, uh, you, you, got, you need a ring. I want a ring that has a skull on it. Yeah. Uh, you know, because I was a bike. says for, forever. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And so we went to, I don't know how many jewelry stores, and we got this uh, skull ring, and then I would break the skull off. So I lost two or three skull rings. So then I just went to Amazon, and I got a very simple uh, cubic zirconia ring for 10 bucks. Okay, so th- that was good enough for me. It shows commitment. <laughs> not, not a lot of commitment, but it shows some commitment. Okay, so then when we start looking for her ring, I'm online, and I'm going through websites, and I'm trying to figure it out. What kind of ring has she commented on? Well, you know, what is she like? Does she want a, a princess cut? Does she want a whatever? And I found this beautiful ring, and I put a down payment on it at a little jewelry store down on like 50th in France. And I'm thinking, okay, she's going to love this one. So then I put together a series of pictures of wedding rings and a slideshow presentation. And in that slideshow presentation was the ring that I had put a deposit on. And then I was going to show it to see if she was going to turn that down too. Right? So as we're paging through the rings, sure enough, the one that I had put the deposit down comes up on the screen. And guess what? She doesn't like it. Oh. And I'm thinking, oh. But then there was one that came up that she did like. And it was uh, a ring that had very different design. It has like 80 little tiny diamonds, like fractional little pieces of diamonds. And then it's got a, a a stone in the middle, center stone or whatever. It's not huge or anything, but it's a gorgeous ring. 
And it's unlike any wedding ring I've ever, you know, seen in my whole life. And trust me, I bought a lot of wedding rings. <laughs> <laughs> and so anyway. You didn't try uh, to recycle one of those rings? You didn't, you didn't try to just reuse it? No, know? that's what all my exes did. They, they, all, <laughs> they all repurposed theirs. So anyway, she liked this ring and it was a woman on Craigslist. And automatically red flags go up. I'm going to get ripped off. It's not even going to be real. So I meet this girl in Egan, and I, I see the ring, and it's beautiful. And this girl was very young, maybe 23 years old or something like that. And I said, you and I need to go to a jewelry store together, and let's get this thing appraised, and then we'll, we'll do some business. So we went. We got an appraisal. And then we went to another place and got another appraisal. And then I asked her, can I ask why you're selling this ring? And she said, well, I was in a relationship with a guy and his family had a lot of money and he bought me this ring and told me, I want you to have this ring until I can get you a bigger ring. So she wore this ring for two days. Then he bought her this monster ring and she put this one back in the box. And then he got killed in a car accident. Oh, God. When he died, her, her family, or, you know, his family basically didn't like her and they wanted her out. So now she's got nowhere to live, Oof. you know, uh, because they were living together. And obviously he was not going to keep his apartment. He didn't need it. Uh, and the family had kind of shunned her. And she needed money. I said, you know something? I'll give you the appraised value of this. And, uh, you know, I, I really hate that, you know, what's happening to you. But I got the ring. I had Dave Dahl, weatherman extraordinaire from uh, Five Eyewitness News, help me do a setup video uh, where we did a play on The Bachelor on ABC. Uh, and I took uh, P-Jug down to the fire pit. I gave her the ring, and uh, that was coming up on five years ago. I mean, we were together before, but uh, officially married for five, and and that was a heck of a long story. That was. <laughs> down the show, man. Now, I wanted to ask you, too. You're on the 93X Morning Show, right? I am. Aren't those guys fantastic? Yeah, they are. They're great. I, You know, it's funny. I, I originally um, – wasn't sure I wanted to. Do. I, I originally started with KFan. I was one of the original people on KFan when it first started. I did a show with uh, Dave Huffman, who was a former Viking who died in a car crash. I did a show with Joe Sensor, and I did a show with Michelle Tafoya before she was really Michelle Tafoya. Sure. Uh, Michelle uh, did radio at KFan and then moved over to uh, Channel Four, and then the rest is history with. Uh, her career. So I started a K fan. And then when I became the, the weekday sports anchor, uh, it just got to be too much um, because I was doing a three hour show call in show. Um, and so um, I ended up leaving K fan and weasel Josh and Nick at the time, that was the 93 X show. Uh, those guys called me and said, would you be interested in doing sports? And I said, guys, I don't even listen to your radio station. I, he goes, they said, well, just listen to us for a couple of days. And so I did, I got up in the morning and I listened and they were fun. They, you know, I, I just, I listened to it and I imagined myself being 
on that show and probably being the adult in the room, I guess. <laughs> and that turned out to be the way it is. And so um, had lunch with him and uh, I've been doing it ever since um we're on i'm on now for like um 45 minutes in the morning from 7 30 to about 8 15. josh and nick are, are fabulous and uh they have a whole array of people and uh janelle klein is a good friend of mine works at care brad Ryder, who i've known forever worked for the twins and the gophers and um they get uh you know we've had sports guests uh, regular sports guests on dick bramer the play-by-play guy for the twins has been a regular guest uh, during baseball season it's so different than what i do for tv um and that's what i love about it you know you could kind of let your uh, my hair doesn't let down because it doesn't move but you can kind of let your hair down a little bit and give you a chance to to talk about things and expand on things if there's something of interest. So, yeah, I love it. It's great. Weasel used to date somebody that I know. And then uh, every once in a while, we would get uh, invited to speak at some event here or there. And, you know, the 93X Half-Ass Morning Show would be there. And we find out that Josh, his his wife and his kids, and he listened to our show in the afternoon. Right? <laughs> And they were always so, just so nice to us and stuff. I mean, they're just really fun to listen to. A, a lot of times on shows that have that hard of music, right? right? Hard, hard rock, right. right? It takes a certain type of person that likes hard rock music. But with their show, they don't play that much music, number one. Uh, and number two, they're so much fun to listen to, they don't need music. Yeah. Yeah, you know, what's really, and I have to be really totally honest with you, um, I get more people that come up to me about that than TV. It, yeah. It's it's insane. Um, you know, they, they gave me this nickname 20 years ago. They call me the ass man. <laughs> based, based off a wrestler, because I, I enjoy all-star wrestling, and Nick's a big all-star wrestling fan. And so that nickname fortunately or unfortunately has stuck with me and um so um i'll be out in public somewhere and i'll hear hey ass man you know uh, <laughs> and, and it's funny because um i never envisioned in all honesty that being what people at my point in my career that's the one thing that people come up to me about would be the radio program that I do as opposed to the TV, but it, it's been, it's been great. I love it. I know for me, Dave Dahl and I were riding motorcycles one day and we went to um, muddy waters in Prescott. Oh yeah. And we're sitting on the deck and somebody walks up as a woman with a piece of paper and a pencil. And uh, she said, could I get your autograph? And Dave Dahl says, sure. And she goes, no, I mean, moon. <laughs> right? Oh, really? What did you say? Oh, you could just you could just see the air coming out of David. Oh no! Oh no! Oh, it was awesome, and I'll never I'll never let him live down. And oh, another shit. thing, I'm never going to let him live down is his uh, cremation society of Minnesota commercials, right? <laughs> because after he retires for TV, that's the first account he gets. Yeah, and I'm thinking, you know, hey. Uh, <laughs> and then now what we're going to do is this okay i am going to the cremation society of minnesota 
and I am going to try to trade out advertising on this podcast so that they can put Pee Wee and I in an urn. Well, wait a minute. Why? Why? I'm a member of the show. I should be able to get my own. I should get an urn. I should get yeah. to be buried with you guys. Are you gonna, Are you going to get cremated, Hobbs? I think. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So, Randy, are you getting cremated or buried? This is a hot topic moon in my house because yeah. um, uh, I would like to. That's what I would prefer. My wife is so totally against that. She just does not want me to do that. Um, so it's an ongoing discussion in our house about that. And not that we talk about that a lot. It's not like every day we're having that morbid discussion. But right. um, it's funny that this comes up because it is, a, it is a hot button issue in my house. So one of my hopes is when I retire from TV... <laughs> is to be able to do what Dave did. And that's, and I see Mark Rosen do it. And I'd like to be able to jump in and do some of those things, but I don't think I want to do it for the cremation society. I guess yeah. I'll, at this point, I'll take any advertiser I can get <laughs> uh, preparation age. I don't care. We just need some money to pay for this. We need to pay for this podcast equipment. And so we got to do something. P jug, you got a question for Randy. I'll, well, let's talk about something fun. Um, what do you like to do in your spare time? You know, I don't have a lot of spare time in the fall because I do high school football and I've done this show for this is my 38th year of doing the show. So my I am so consumed. I produce about an hour and 15 minutes of content every week for high school football because we do a we do a prep preview show on YouTube. And that's about 30 minutes of content. And that's coming up with uh, interviews and, you know, just things that we're going to talk about. And then the prep show itself is 30 minutes uh, at 11 o'clock on Fridays and 20 minutes uh, or 15 minutes in our 10 o'clock news. So in the fall, I really have zero time. It's just, it's crazy. I do enjoy, I'm a big fantasy sports guy. Um, I do. I love fantasy sports. I'm a daily fantasy player. So I do daily fantasy sports. Um, it's hard to be good at it if you don't have the time. That's the that's the real key to it. So I do a lot of that um, in my spare time. I play some golf. Uh, my wife and I love to travel. And we just moved into a new house. We just downsized. And so we just uh, moved into a, a 55 and older community, a one-level living, which I'm so excited about because I was tired of going up and down stairs to go to bed. And so we just moved into a new house in August and love it and just kind of getting acclimated to that. So so my plate is pretty full. I play video games. I'm a video game guy. Um, you know, here I am 62 and I'm admitting that, but it's my way. A lot of people will go home and read or go home and do those things. Read puts me to sleep. So my way of winding down from work is to go downstairs where it's quiet and play a video game and just kind of lose yourself in that as opposed to reading. So it works for me. Do you stream any shows? Are you watching anything? Yeah, my wife and I are watching uh, Murders in the Building on Hulu. Okay. Yeah. Love, love Martin Short. I'm a huge Martin Short fan. Obviously watched all the big shows on HBO. Um, you know, um, all the shows that uh, Sopranos and all those things. Um, we just finished the first season of Ted Lasso. Absolutely loved it. After hearing people talk about it forever, and I love Jason today because it wasn't that I didn't like him. I just didn't really find the time to do it. And then we found the time and we couldn't stop because it was so good. I've heard the second season isn't as good, but we're going to 
dive into that here, I think, uh, shortly too. So it's still really, really good. I love. Yeah, it, it's such a it's such a different show. It, there, there's just um, there's just something endearing about it. You know, you can watch a lot of crap TV. That there's a lot of that out there. Uh, this is this is far from that. This is this is really good. Yeah, when you watch it, you you know walk away from the screen feeling better. Yep. And that is unlike the show Vikings on the History Channel, where they get, you know, a lot of people shot in the face with a crossbow. Yes. Uh, you know, uh, right now we're watching Squid Games. That thing is just outrageous. I have heard that, and I, I have no interest in that. Uh, I've heard that clickbait's amazing. We're very excited that. that Yellowstone will be back in a week or two. Um, you know, we get Big Sky now on ABC's fun. Here's our thing, and I... I really feel strongly about this. There's so much good content out there for us to consume, but the problem is there's so much of it. You know, we might do two episodes over here and one episode yep. over here, and then you lose interest in all your shows because you just don't stay with it and finish any of them. And right now we're kind of split between, you know, Squid Games. I'm trying to get uh, P-Jug to watch Ted Lasso. It's on my list. It's really, really good. Yeah. You have had a couple of different bouts of cancer, and that's how you started your foundation or your um, your fund, if you will. And you know you've raised a lot of money with your golf tournament and stuff like that. Tell us about your twice ugly visitor called cancer and how you're doing now. I was diagnosed in uh, 1998 with Hodgkin's disease, and ironically, the day after our golf event that raised money for, at that time, we were raising money for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. So, and Hodgkin's is basically in that family. So how ironic is that? I was not feeling well. I had, you know, I'm a guy and guys are stupid. You know, um, I was having night sweats. I was having all sorts of symptoms and I brushed it off as being uh, too hot in the room, too many covers. Uh, I made up all sorts of excuses, and I was sick for a while. Finally, uh, Roseanne just said, you know what? This is ridiculous. There's something going on, and you need to go get checked. We were all packed to leave on a road trip to, y to uh, Yellowstone, and my kids were waiting for me. My kids were eight and five, I believe, at the time. And I go to the doctor, and the first thing I say is, uh, he asked me about, you know, few things and then I, I tell him about these night sweats and I could tell just by the look on his face that that wasn't good um, they put me in for an x-ray and sure enough I had this mass in my chest and um, so then I had to call Roseanne and tell her that I was going for another MRI to determine what kind of cancer this was and of course she flipped out and the, the whole thing went downhill from there so I was diagnosed with Hodgkin's. I went through five months of chemotherapy, month of radiation. This is back in the time when radiation was not as pinpoint and chemo was not as pinpoint as it is now. So, you know, I'm sure there's residual damage that was done that I don't know about. I don't think it was the reason why I got prostate cancer, but, um, you know, back in the late 90s, um, we didn't know as much about cancer as we do now and so the treatment was harsh and 
and all that. I didn't lose all my hair. Majors used to always joke that my hair was rooted in my toes. I was able to survive without uh, shaving my head at that time. But I worked through all that, you know, again, during high school football, during my show, I worked through all of that. Then I got, you know, 20 years clean. Everything was great. Right before the state fair started in uh, 2019, I knew something was up. I could tell. I I, I get day, I get yearly physicals now. You know, I never used to do that before. But after I had my bout with cancer, and everybody should do that. And so we were watching my PSA, and it was fluctuating, and it was higher than it should be. And I'm of age. Finally, my doc said, hey, we're done doing the dance. Let's go figure this out. And sure enough, um, had prostate cancer and um, went through uh, a month of radiation with that and uh, got that successfully treated. <laughs> I went on, uh, you'll love this moon. There's so many different treatments for prostate cancer now. And that's one of the hard things for guys is to figure out what kind of treatment you're going to have because all of them have side effects and all of them, you know, affect performance and things like that. Uh, I wasn't as worried about that. I just didn't want to have surgery. That was the one thing I didn't want to do. So one of the new things that they do now with radiation is they couple it with a drug called Lupron. And Lupron turns off your testosterone. And that's what drives prostate cancer. So once your testosterone is turned off, the prostate cancer goes away. Now, it won't go away forever because eventually you'll you know, get off of Lupron, it'll come back. So that's why they do the radiation with it. But <laughs> Lupron turns you into a menopausal woman. Ah. So, you have, so, so, so you have hot flashes. Mm -hmm. And you become, as my wife would say, you become a shopping partner. You become <laughs> a nicer person. You become um, a book club person. <laughs> so um, I'm sitting in the newsroom, and I told Julie Nelson this. You know, I, you know, people knew that I, you know I was going through treatment, and I told her, you know, one of the symptoms of this treatment is I'm going to have hot flashes, and I hadn't had any or whatever. All of a sudden, in the middle of the workday, this is in the winter time now, so this is like uh, January. All of a sudden, I start sweating. And I, honest to God, it's like dripping down my my both temples. And I kind of sat up straight and I went, oh, my God, I'm having a hot flash. <laughs> and I look over at Julie and she's laughing and she's looking at me. And I, I must have had this look in my eye like, what in the world? I took off and I went outside in the Care 11 backyard and I sat on a bench in the middle of winter time, no coat on because... You know, I wanted to stop sweating. And I did that. I never had hot flashes anywhere but work. And they mm -hmm. always happened in the middle of the day, never on the set, never during the show, but always during the workday. And so the, the, the running joke was if you saw and there's big windows that go from our cafeteria to the backyard. So if people see me sitting in the backyard with no coat on, they all they all know I'm having my my daily hot flash sitting out there. So I went through that for about uh, six months, um, and then once um, you know, then the the treatment worked, and and my blood level, my PSA has been barely detectable, and and life is good. So I've been through it twice. Um, 
certainly no fun. I have a friend right now who's going through uh, a terrible bout with multiple myeloma, and that has no cure. Um, it's just a nasty thing. And COVID made cancer situations so much worse. People didn't go to the doctors. They didn't go to hospitals. They were afraid. Cancer, um, unfortunately, advanced in a lot of people because they were afraid to go to those places. And I always say this all the time. Cancer doesn't care who you are. It doesn't care who you love. The only thing that we can really do is be vigilant in going to the doctor and getting our physicals and staying on top of our health and understanding that when things don't feel right, not to brush it off, but to do something about it, regardless of the age that you are, because uh, you may be saving your own life by doing that. Your golf tournament has raised a lot of money and I always wanted to play in it. And it, I hate to ask you to be a name dropper, but <laughs> Drop some names of people that have played in your tournament because you've had some big ones. Well, Joe Mauer just played this year. I'm so happy to have Joe out there. Um, I've known Joe since he was a sophomore in high school at Creighton. One of the oh. best, by the way, one of the best high school quarterbacks I've ever seen, uh, Joe Mauer. Um, you know, I've had just an array of people. Jimmy Jam played back in the day. Uh, Gardy used to play every year. In fact, he just played with his son this year. Gardy and uh, Toby uh, played together. I've had all the Hall of Fame guys, John Randall, Randall McDaniel, Rick Spielman. Mike Tice used to play. Mike Tice used to change the Vikings training camp, mini camp schedule, so that he and the coaches could come out and play. Leslie Frazier used to do that too. Uh, just wonderful people. So I, I've had so many different people come out and play. And, um, you know, it, it's kind of about that, but it's really not. People come out and just have fun. We have so much food out there. You know, Culver's is a big sponsor of ours. So if you've never had a butter burger at 745 in the morning, of <laughs> course, that's the place to have a butter burger. Um, yeah, it's just it's a wonderful event. You know, in a time when golf events have kind of gone away, charity golf events in a lot of different ways or reasons, ours is, you know, we're, we're past 25 years now of doing this event, and everybody knows what we do. And, um, yeah, it's been it's been a wonderful ride with that for sure. And Rush Creek is a great partner. They've been just awesome with us. So, oh, I used to play at Rush Creek back when I could still play. It was great. Eric Perkins, let's talk about him for a minute. You worked with him forever, and now he's no longer the sports director. Yep. Now you guys got a new sports director. What's yep. Perk up to? You know, I I think he's just enjoying his family right now. I don't know if um, if he has landed another job. I don't know if he's really honestly, Moon, in a hurry to do that. Um, I think he just needed some time. I think um, – we all get burned out in this business. There's just no doubt about it. I think Perk was was burned out. Working sports in this market is hard. It's not easy. Um, there's because there's so much. You know, we have every major sport. We're a Big Ten city. Um, we are in a big Olympic hub for Winter Olympics, uh, even Summer Olympians. Um, we're a big amateur sports community, um, and we're a great high school community. So you are constantly always on the clock when you work in a sports department in a major market like this. And so, you know, what gets squeezed? 
well, your family gets squeezed. That's 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 the reality of it. And you have to f- try really hard to figure out a balance. And I think Perk tried really hard. Um, I think it just got to a point where um, he felt like he needed to to do to step away. And um, you know, we applaud that. You know, it's it's not an easy decision to make, but um, I think it's the best one for him. So, you know, for me, I got to know Eric because. <laughs> I used to live with his best friend. I was his best friend's roommate in Las Vegas. Oh, really? Wow. Yep. Yep. Uh, yeah. His name was Dave Strawbridge. And uh, when Dave uh, would talk, he was like, yeah, I'm going to go up to Minneapolis because I got this friend there. Uh, he's on TV. His name's Eric Perkins. And, you know, the next thing you know, boom, I get a hold of Perk and I talk to him and we've had him on our radio show. He did some stuff with the Olympics for us. Uh, you know, he's just a really a fun guy to hang out yeah. with, and, you know, uh, and, and, you know, because you're so entrenched in the sports world, let's get some predictions this year. Who's going to win the Super Bowl? Let's start with that. I, I'm going to say Tampa again. Tom Brady is absolutely he may be. I used to always think that Hank Aaron was the most impressive athlete I'll ever see in my lifetime. But I have to probably amend that in that what Brady is doing, what he has done and what he is doing is absolutely amazing. It, it, I mean, we use that word maybe too much, cliche-ish, but it is amazing. When you're 44 years old and you're still leading the NFL in touchdown passes and your team is as good as they are because of you, um, that's that says a lot. So as long as they stay healthy, um, they've got a great defense. They didn't lose anybody from that Super Bowl team a year ago. Um, I like them. I love Buffalo. I'm a, I love Josh Allen. I love what they what they what they're doing in Buffalo. Uh, I'm a big Leslie Frazier fan, so I love the fact that he's got a big hand in that defense that they're uh, that they have. So those are my teams. Those would be the two teams I, I will predict will be in the Super Bowl, uh, which by the way is on NBC this year. And by the way, is in the middle of the winter Olympics. Oh. It's never happened before where the Super Bowl happens during the Olympics, but it happens this year for the first time ever. Because of COVID, right? Well, no, no, the COVID didn't affect the schedule for the Winter Olympics. It affected the schedule for the Summer Games. Olympics, okay. Yep. So this was just, um, I think it's a product of the NFL continuing to add games and bye weeks and pushing the season back. Okay. So now we're into like mid-February almost when the Super Bowl is being played. And so for the first time ever, the both both will happen at the same time, and of course, both are on NBC. So, February is going to be a big month for us. Listen to this. The other night, I was watching Murders in the Building. Yeah, uh, right. And you've seen the uh, building where the place, uh, the 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 thing is set. The Astoria, and, I think, right. Yep. And I had a dream after watching Monday Night Football when uh, Tampa Bay played. I went to bed after the game. It was relatively late. And I had a dream that I was hanging out with Tom Brady and Giselle and their kids at this building where, uh, you know, Martin Short and Steve Martin live. 
and we were having a great time together. And then at the end, I said, I can't wait to tell everybody I know that I spent the night with Giselle. (laughs) Right. And the next thing you know, she throws me out. She calls security and I have to leave their apartment comp, you know, their uh, part of the building, but they wouldn't let me have my wheelchair back. Oh, that's mean. So I had to crawl out of there like Ivar the Boneless in, in Vikings. Oh, my God. <laughs> right? And that was crazy. Uh, but I am a true Tom Brady fan. I, I love the Patriots when he was with them. But yeah. now that he's with Tampa, I found myself cheering for Tampa. And I now I know it was part of my love uh, for the Patriots were was because of Tom and Gronk and, yeah. and all those guys, Antonio Brown. Let's talk about college football, and then we're going to have to let you go because you've got stuff to do. Uh, college football, we just had the Gophers play my team, the Nebraska Cornhuskers, who are having a huge downtrend in uh, you know success for like eight or ten years in a row. Seems it's longer just- than that. It's terrible, and I yesterday posted on Facebook that my team, the Nebraska Cornhuskers, are the only team in American history that can find a way to lose on a bye week. (laughs) Here's the problem for you. You probably grew up during the time of Tom Osborne. I did. All all the success that uh, Nebraska had and all the great players they had, and it's hard to see your team not um, succeed like they used to in the past. I grew up an Iowa fan, and so they were horrible when I was growing up. Yet everybody would go to the game because there was nothing else to do in Iowa but go to the football game. Um, and now they're having all sorts of success, although they played terrible against Purdue on Saturday and losing that game. I'm a Gopher fan, though. I've been uh, – when I came here, Joe Salem was the head coach of the Gophers. I was here when Lou Holtz showed up. So I uh, was able to cover uh, Lou Holtz for a couple of years. I, I'm a P.J. Fleck fan. I think P.J. is – he does a lot of great things, not only for his players and the team, but also in the community. I really appreciate the things that he does. Um, I think a lot of people feel like he's a a used car salesman in his approach. Um, I see a little bit of that sometimes, but I think it's sincere. I really do. I really think he he does care about um, what he's – I think he does believe in the things that he says. I love college football. Isn't it great, Moon, that college football is back where fans are there? I mean, to watch it during 2020 was awful. There was just no fans, no atmosphere. That's really what college football is all about. Yeah, and see, for me, I'm much more a college guy than I am an NFL guy. Yeah, I just love college ball. I'm, I'm, I literally watch college football from 10 a.m. on Saturday until 1 a.m. because the West Coast games. Uh, I know all the rankings of the teams. I follow it. Uh, my my wife P Jug was an NFL nut until she met me. And then there's all my friends are like going, well, college football is stupid. They have like 400 bowl games. And I said, you know, so you're saying that, you know, the bowl games at the end of the year are a waste of time. What about the NFL preseason? How about that? That's a a bunch of, you know, ick. 
And this this year it was great because there's only three games. But right. I, I'm going to pick a, a winner this year. A University of Georgia looks like they're going to win it. Uh, if not, maybe Alabama, of course. My team is going to not even get a bowl game for the fourth year in a row with a new coach. So that, to me, is just horribly frustrating. I do know this. I have been making money betting against my own team. So that's good. <laughs> that's you, are the, you are the Pete Rose of Nebraska. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> any parting uh, things? Randy, do you have anything you'd like to promote that you're doing either at or not at work? All I'll say is I appreciate you having me on today. I appreciate you giving me the time to be able to talk about um, our cancer charity and to talk about people getting out, getting to the doctor, doing the things that they need to do. Uh, and just everybody stay safe out there. You know, be smart. We, we're not through all of this just yet. Uh, it's still with us as much as we want it to go away. It's, it's still there. So be smart. Take care of yourselves and be nice to each other. I think that's uh that's really my message too. It's the world's divisive enough. We don't need to add to that. And uh, Hobbs, you got any comedy shows you're doing? Tailgaters. Tailgaters in North. That sounds Ranch? like a place Randy wants to go. You want to go tailgating? You want to go? Absolutely. Sounds great. <laughs> and for me, I have nothing to promote, and that's probably a good thing. Uh, maybe if I promote the Cremation Society and they hear about it, <laughs> I'll get a free urn. And they'll say you earned it. I earned it. <laughs> On that happy note, this concludes episode 29 of Moon P. Jug and Hobbs. It's time to end the podcast. It's time to shut off the mics. It's time to end the podcast and get a thousand likes. You need to share this podcast with friends in cars or bikes. It's time to end the podcast and get a thousand likes. Why do you always listen? I guess we'll never know. A fat guy in a wheelchair. What the f*** does he know? It's time to end the podcast. It's time to get some likes. Go to your computer. Type it in and you're going to win. We are out of lyrics in Boopie Jug and Hobbs. That was wonderful. Bravo. I loved that. Oh, it was great. Well, it was pretty good. Well, it wasn't bad. Well, there were parts of it that weren't very good, It could have been a lot better. I didn't really like it. It was pretty terrible. It was bad. It was awful. It was terrible. Get him away. Hey, boo. Boo. Let's put this show out of its misery. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.